Podcast fans. Hey, it's Danny here. I'm really excited to be back with you guys as always. Um, I just want to go ahead and kind of start out like I always do, just thanking everybody for your support, for coming back, for sharing the podcast, and for just being so supportive. Um, actually, I'm really excited because the couple that I have on here, they shared my podcast. And because of them sharing my podcast, we got to hear a story. We got to hear Antonia's story, um, which by the time this has been recorded has come out. And this couple, you guys, their story adds like a whole new like perspective that I think is a lot different from anything we've had here. Um, as always, I have to give a disclaimer when we speak on Worldwide Dream Builders or Amway or any of the other lines of affiliation, I have to say, yes, I have beef with both of these companies, both of them. They're both guilty in my opinion. But that is just it. I'm speaking on my opinion and my personal experiences. My guests are speaking on personal experiences, personal opinions. Everything is alleged just because we have to say that legally. I'm not here to defame Amway or Worldwide. If you want to join you know, any of the Amway tools businesses or Amway themselves, do you. I would just say, hey, proceed with caution, but also have a fucking backup plan. Don't be don't be don't be doing what they try to tell you to do. Anyways, so with that, I want to bring on Michael and Michelle. If you guys are not familiar and haven't listened to Antonia's story yet, go listen because Michael and Michelle are the reason why we got to hear Antonia's story. So thank you, Michael and Michelle, for being here and for being such big supporters. Oh, our thank pleasure. Thank, thanks so much for having us. My goodness, it's amazing. How did you guys find my podcast? Well, um, this amazing lady, right? I, (laughs) I, throughout the whole uh, journey of being in the business, I have always been a bit of a skeptic, a bit of a a realist. And towards the end of our journey in 2019 and 2020, specifically during the shutdown, I started looking more and more into um, anti MLM, anti uh, Amway worldwide, Mm -hmm. and really just to see another perspective. because I, I felt like I was alone in my thoughts about maybe this is not 100% okay. Mm. And I uh, was following an anti-MLM girl on Instagram. And through the tags, I found your part, your podcast, X's and T. And then I took a listen to a few different episodes and I was hooked mm-hmm. <laughs> and excited yeah. that someone was actually talking about it. And you were getting people who were recently in it too to actually discuss what was happening yeah and then she forwarded you know your podcast to me and it's like oh you gotta listen to it and she's like referring to specific people in worldwide and I was like no way so yeah, yeah I was... it's so hard to find because lots of things are blocked and taken down exactly so right when we listened to the first episode that was in 2021 where I sent that to you yeah yeah, yeah. oh my goodness yeah. it took me a while to actually send it over to him it literally feels mm-hmm. like it was like this year but yeah, yeah it was, it's crazy <laughs> But yeah, it was so amazingly helpful just because of all of our years mm-hmm. in business, in quote unquote partnership, as it mm-hmm. were. So being able to, uh, one, almost kind of like go down memory lane and re-listen and, and listen to everybody else's stories and what they encountered. It gave us hope. It gave us, you know. That we can find a way out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And also, you know, the possibility of like having an, another um another avenue, another platform, be able to share our story, hopefully, and be able to, you know, perhaps help anybody else that maybe have been in business, in business, 
a part of worldwide or part of Emily for, you know, an X amount of time. And if they're, you know, questioning, questioning anything, or even just, you know, battling with something internally that what they encountered and what they went through, it's like, it's, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's complete, it's completely understandable. And it's, and it's not you. Yeah. <laughs> it's not you. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, I am really glad that you guys are here. I also just want to add that every name that we have, we're going to be discussing has been changed as always, but also Michael and Michelle are here anonymously. These are not their real names. And the reason why I want to point that out is because you're right. Things do get taken down. Things like people who are especially higher up, like some of those diamonds, you just don't know who their connections are. And for me, I know it's important to, you know, I'll, I'll say very specific details about people. So we all know who I'm talking about, but I think the message is so much more important. And I, I would hate to get, you know, taken down or flagged or a- anybody who's trying to cross my path and tell me what I can and can't say. Um, So I do change names, but I also want people to know that if you want to come here and change your name, that's okay too, because the story itself is important. It doesn't matter if it comes from you saying your name or not saying your name, whatever's going to empower you is really the best option. So just with that, we have changed everybody's names, but with you guys and this whole worldwide dream builders and Amway, how did you guys get involved in Amway? Oh, sorry. Long story. So, um, in fall of 2013, I was putting on a school fundraiser, and um, lots of my friends from college showed up to help support. Um, and then another friend from college who, um, who is JC, she actually came, and I was so shocked because. It, she doesn't live near this like she clearly came out of her way and I was like wow that's so nice like she's helping support my school yeah and um then we all sat down with me her and some of the college friends and she basically shared her story of the business and made us aware mm-hmm. and Mama. it really went over my head because I was just complaining about work and about how many hours I'm putting in and you know teachers aren't treated well etc but our friend, our mutual friend who was there had lots of questions for her. And they basically set up a time to meet at another time. And then it wasn't until later on the following year in early 2014, actually during our engagement party mm-hmm. where, um, where Mark and actually talked to you. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, mawad me, I think <laughs> as we were, you know, getting food, you know, at the, at the party, and he did it like over over the um the island, you know the mm-hmm. the the yeah as we were getting food for the food. And I remember going like, oh that's great, hey, and to so and so to another person because it didn't you know affect me. I was still finishing up college. I was still knee- I was a theater major in college, so I was just knee deep in work, working three jobs plus school, being a theater major. So you're working on a production, you're working on scenes and monologues. You know, schedule is packed, and plus on top of that, you know, we're engaged in planning a wedding. So it was, you know, one of those things was just like, oh, that's great. But, you know, my mind is elsewhere, you know. And then they approached us again at our co-ed bridal shower uh, later on that same year. Um, And then by then, our friend who who had questions for JC at the fundraiser, um, by then he was uh, already sponsored into business. And he was, him and I were talking and we've been friends forever and we're still friends with him. Um, he was saying how, well, if you know, if you keep complaining about school and about work and about um, money, you know, uh, 
Mark and JC are actually, you know, really building something great for themselves. Mm -hmm. And they're able to like pay for their car in cash. And I'm like, wow, in this day and age for our generation, you know, for a 20 something year old, that's really amazing. And he's like, yeah, you should really talk to them and sit down with them. And it actually took me a while to admit it, to tell it to, um, to Michael about uh, Mark and JC, because I knew once I told him, because he's always, you know, he always wants to make sure we're financially secure. So once I told him, I feel like that's it. He's not going to act again. And I didn't want that to happen. But I eventually told Michael and he's like, yeah, sure. Let's meet up with them. And at this time he was actually commuting back and forth between California and Las Vegas. And um, we eventually sat down with them and who turned out to be our sponsor, Evan, um, who kind of set it all up. And uh, we started our our meet and greets, our board plans, our follow-ups in the whole process, the summer of 2014. 2014, yeah, which was kind of, and we, yeah, it was kind of weird because when we first had a, our first meet and greet, um, Evan was there because Evan said like, oh, meet, you know, set up time to meet with uh, Mark and JC. And we're like, okay, great. And then when we got there, we're like, why is Evan here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> I we thought, had no idea the structure of it. We had no idea the structure of the meet and greet, et cetera. It wasn't exactly communicated. I remember a funny thing. You remember, because I was late our first meet, our first meet and greet, because I was literally driving from California to Las Vegas to meet. And I got there and I dressed up in like, I think shirt, like a t-shirt and shorts. Course, yeah. And you were sweaty. And I was, it was just summer. Very, yeah. I was like, I'm so sorry. I'm late. I think I might've been like a half hour late or something. Yeah. Cause I thought like, Oh, you know, they'll be talking, hanging out, whatever. I didn't understand the quote unquote posture of it, of it, the importance of it all yet. So they were like, let's reschedule this. I'm like, Oh, are you sure? I'm like, Oh no. Let's wait until, you know, obviously our time is valuable, you know, as you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Everyone's just like, uh, okay, um, sure. So already we could feel like, uh, tension. yeah, the, uh, you know, it's like, oh, we should, you know, I'm sorry for being late, but I thought, you know, we were friends, you know, yeah, you know, exactly. that I thought you guys would just be talking, you know, hanging out, you know, and we'll talk about this. So we had to reschedule that first meet and greet to another day. And then, um, when you were still in town. When I was still in town. Yeah. And then that worked out fine. And keep in mind, I was still working on two productions at the same time, a festival in, in El California. in California. Mm -hmm. And so when they gave us the book at that time, it was the business of the 21st century. Mm -hmm. Yes. yes Kiyosaki. Classic yes. Kiyosaki book. Yeah. And uh, we did our best of sharing the book, you know, trying to, you know, read it back and forth while I was in a different state. Mm -hmm. And then we tried to reschedule the second meet and greet, but then JC postured us again. I think it was over Facebook Messenger at that point. So it wasn't, yeah. Um, yeah. But, uh, you know, they made, they put us like in our place, so to speak, almost being like, right. excuse me, like, you know, we invested this time and we, you know, we really can't reschedule based on that. So, you know, we might have to take the opportunity off the table. Well, did you have to come in well, just had, to meet and then drive back and drive and drive back. So the reason why we called out is just because I was exhausted and tired. I was like, I really want to get some sleep, really. Well, you had a performance. Because I had a performance and, you know, drove back four hours. So I'm like, you know, yeah. is there any way? But then, you know, they, they postured us and they were like, okay, fine. And Better this not. was pre-Zoom, you know, pre like FaceTime. This was 2014. Yeah. yeah. So we were, everything was in person. Yeah. You know, and so we're like, okay, let's not make them mad anymore. So right. we did it. And then. After that, yeah, it all worked worked well. They built up so much of making it into the first board plan. You know, we said all the right things, I guess, earn their trust enough to, to you know, earn a spot in well, the first board plan. What's so funny is that when they say, you know, what would you do 
with $75,000, you know, my answer was go to grad school. And you could totally tell on their faces. They're like, that's not the right answer. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's like, oh yeah, God, I could go to grad school and not have debt. That'd be amazing. Work great. And that's not what they were looking for. You know? Yeah. yeah. And, and then also we were like, oh, we can open a theater in yes. Vegas. Vegas. Because there's so like, there's big community theater in Vegas, but the venues are pretty shoddy. We need a good, efficient, equity, yes. regional theater uh, right. built theater. And again, on their faces, they're like, Ooh, that's that's not the correct. And it's like, hmm. and then I'm, that's I'm, not what you should do with your money. That, yeah. yeah, but then we're just like, oh, we travel every single state in the U.S. and travel all over the world. Yeah, stay in the nicest hotels. Yeah, you know? right. And that was more okay. That was more okay. Which honestly, that's what we want to do. We love to yeah. travel. You know, but, but the fact that we were thinking of furthering education and building something that's technically outside the business mm-hmm. was not okay. <laughs> yeah. I tell you, our first board plan was nuts because our first board plan was in somebody's house. I forget who, but it was the diamond who talks extremely fast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the guy who talks really fast. He's yep. the guy, if you guys are not familiar, uh, if you've been in the business, you know who this guy is. He talks really fast and his parents are diamonds and him and his wife in Vegas and all that fun stuff. So yeah, we so, all know. Yep. So he was our upline. He um, at he that started out, yeah. yeah, he at that time, he and his wife were uh, double eagle rubies in sapphire qualification. The time we got to our first board plan, mm-hmm. and so Mark and JC at that time, I believe they were just eagles, like eagle twenty five hundred. Yeah, and um, and I remember feeling like so, you know, his his uh, spell, true. yeah, his his spell and his energy, I guess, worked on me just because. He is a, you have to commanding. say, he is completely commanding and he is a fantastic speaker. Mm-hmm. A lot of the- He really is, yeah. A lot, a lot of the psycho people in Worldwide, they are fantastic speakers, you know? Yeah. I'm just, uh, I'm just gonna throw, you know, I have to warn you, Danny, that I might just be completely, you know, uh, uncensored. bold and uncensored and raw, you know, and talking about everybody. Totally. It's okay. okay. We do that here. We That's the importance of this. That's why even if, you know, keeping them anonymous too kind of makes it a little bit easier to be like, hey, fuck you. Like I like club owner, <laughs> I fucking hate that guy. Or my personal sponsor, Robert, I really fucking hate him. So, <laughs> but, but I would also say this to their faces if I saw them and had the opportunity to as well. But that being said, right, you can be as honest as you want here. And I feel like that's why I have this platform and why I, I want to people to be able to feel like, they can be brutally honest here because what were we told in worldwide, right? You can't say this. You have to say this. You have to look this way. You can't speak unless you're this. Like there's just so many things that you have to fit into when it comes to worldwide and kind of going back to your guys's journey of even finding out your bridal shower, but like, it's crazy, but you're right. Like the speakers one are incredibly good at speaking. They're very charismatic. These are people who have been so indoctrinated that they know what to say and they know how to say it. But realistically, they're saying the same shit every single time. And I feel feel like that's why he talks so fast because maybe we won't notice that he said the same thing at the previous function. Oh, okay. So you're in, so you guys decide to launch in a business and I forgot to say this ahead of time. Um, Michelle, you're a teacher and you are an actor. These are two very, I feel like unique careers that are very 
like there's so far that you can go within both of these career paths. And like you had said, Michelle, you wanted to go to grad school. Like that was your first goal and your first dream, which by the way, amazing. And then you also had this concern for your then fiance, right? But now your husband's goals, right? Of you don't want him to stop acting. Was there kind of this inkling and intuition that you feel maybe um, was a red flag that maybe you bypassed that you kind of felt like because you felt that way about it? Did you think that that was in a way foreboding for all of the things that you would go to see? Yes. I, so a little background, I was a very anxious child and that's bled into, you know, that that's who I am. I'm like anxious. I'm a little superstitious. I, you know, grew up with immigrant grandparents, you know, to be, I was taught to be like very aware of your surroundings, you know, be cautious of people. Um, and then I meet my husband uh-huh. who's very nice to everyone, no matter what. And, <laughs> and so I, um, I'm the more like cynical, realistic one. And especially when we were dating, um, I was always like, this gives me a bad feeling, you know, of like multiple different things. So when my friend, uh, Evan, who was saying, oh, well, you should meet up with, uh, Mark and JC. I was like, that sounds great. But that feeling of like, if I tell this is it, mm. I had that same feeling of actually when we were first dating, I had a feeling when, when Evan was telling me to, oh, but you should really talk to Mark and JC about this. Like they've done such great things. Like financially, they're so well off. Like how many 27 year olds do you know who could buy a car in cash? I was like, yeah, but if I tell Michael about this, that's it. And I had that same feeling when we first started dating. I was like, if once I start dating Michael, that's it. Like there's no more dating, like this is it. And we knew each other for five years at that point, but you know, like, so I, I had that kind of intuition and, you know, once I did tell him about it and he was actually really excited about it in my mind, I was like, oh crap. Like I, I want our life to change, but this is not how I want it to change. Right. You know, and, um, once we were actually launched into business, Michael actually had a equity gig out of state for about two months. Mm. And I know that you actually counseled upline to the guy who talks real fast. Um, guy who talks real fast as well as Evan, as well as Mark. I talked to even, um, the uh platinum in be platinum in between mark and the diamond who talks really fast um i counseled with him because there was a point where we actually went down the line when we were launching the business where we first we were we counseled up with um the diamond then we well at that time he was a ruby Mm -hmm. and then it moved down the line to the (laughs) platinum in between and then it moved down to uh to Mark. Mm-hmm. So like we had different lines of like counsel and mentorship, just kind of like go down the line. But, uh, but yeah, I talked to everyone and they said like, uh, and Evan, and they said like, I think you need to stay. Like if you're really serious about your family and serious about your business, like, you know, don't be, don't get distracted by these little things over here, mm-hmm. you know, follow through. It's like, you know, remember points, they didn't really start teaching point A to point B until like 20, like late 2015 yeah so but yeah. at that time they were just like yeah this remember like fall of 2014 yeah yeah it was, it was like yeah like early fall yeah, yeah. and so because i'm thinking of the time but um but yeah they's like you need to stay and like follow through within the business and i remember taking that you know to heart and i feel like no but this is like 
one of the biggest opportunities I've ever gotten yeah. in my career that I've been wanting to do ever since I was a child. Right. And it's right out of college. Right out of college too. And it's a lead role in a state I've never been to working with some of the best of the best Chicago and New York actors mm -hmm. ever on a play that I love. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, I'd be stupid not to, not to take it. Mm -hmm. So I took right. it, but at the same time, you know, I pride myself of being a really hard worker and a committed worker. And um, I was still like active in the business yeah. and within the partnership out there. So even while I was working on the play, I would still make time to, you know, talk to people, reach out to people, share my story, start conversations, deepen conversations, the whole gamut. Read, read, listen, listen to Kate, listen to audios, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And which at the same time, I still felt like an outsider within the cast because, you know, <laughs> I would try to share my story with the cast and they just kind of felt like, that's interesting. That's weird. Yeah. And, and you know, and that was one thing where I just felt like, oh, maybe I shouldn't be an actor. And I was literally, I literally mm -hmm. battled that in my mind, which made me, once I was done with the contract, came back to Las Vegas and I'd be like, okay, I'm committing to this business no matter what. Yeah. You know, I am all in all the time. And I, <laughs> oddly enough, uh, did not like that at all. And oh, I, was I bet. Yeah, I was like really worried because like at this point, we've known each other for in 2014, we've been in 2005. So we've known each other for a long time. And I know that he needs those outlets, the the acting, the performing arts, like those are both of our outlets, mm -hmm. you know, and for him not to have that, like I've never known him not to be in some sort of performing, um, you know, gig or event. And so it was a really uh, interesting to see him kind of transform. And I I knew who he was genuinely, but then to see him put on another persona for this business made me really uncomfortable. But at the same time, what could I say to him? Because I felt like I couldn't really say anything to him because, oh, he's trying to better himself and he's trying to, you know, be be a good man and be a good person. and help people and if I sow seeds of doubt I'm not a supportive partner and you know there was lots of things that I felt like I was stonewalled in in saying and to speak my mind with my own partner and so I'm like well I'll just like let him be and <laughs> it wasn't until years later where we finally were able to really open up to each other so it it took years to kind of be comfortable being honest with each other again which yeah. is blows my mind that yeah. that happened yeah because worldwide teaches you so much to you know copy and emulate this certain persona mm -hmm. it literally is the stepford wife type of family to yeah. in, that you need to guys you know only talk to the guys and you know women only talk to the women which you know is great it's fine but then again it's like when you talk to the guys they talk about you know being exact like manliest of men and you have to be able you know a man takes care of his family one thing that i remember mark gave me counsel on when i talked to him about um taking the contract out of state the equity gig and he said like you know it's great to be a professional actor michael it's great but have you ever thought about being a professional man like being a professional husband i'm sorry being a professional what father no yeah. this is no i remember this is a direct quote and i remember just thinking to myself huh <laughs> like no way seriously wow as if somehow some way your career impacts 
your personhood like the the impact you're right they put such an emphasis on these gender roles specifically and worldwide that like you said when you're talking about counseling upline you're right you know we were taught you know i'm a female so i'd go up to my female upline if i had a partner my male partner would go to my male upline or if i had male downline they would go to my male upline and there like there is no communication and i i was never really in a relationship through worldwide so I can imagine that because they tell you don't talk to each other, don't talk to each other about your emotions, which right. I kind of feel like that's a toxic thing to teach people. I'm not a marriage expert, but Lord help me. <laughs> I don't feel like that's right. They're like, well, don't go talk to your, your, your girl, girls go talk to their girlfriends who are all divorced and men are going to go talk to their beer buddies. And like, that's somehow going to be more um, negatively impacting your relationship than what they are doing themselves. Because, one thing that I've learned over time is that marriages in worldwide are very toxic as, as far as like the upline goes. I would love to see, I, I mean, I don't because you think about the horrendous things you're probably going to see if you were to really see what's going on behind their glass house that they're not showing us. Very much so. I remember at one, um, I believe it was a second, no, it was a regional that your upline did, the nightclub owner and his wife. <laughs> They came to Vegas and they did a talk. And I remember uh, his wife talking about uh, why would I, you know, use my husband as a hum as a human trash can, you know, to dump everything that I'm emotionally going through, you know, because that's not fair to him. That's not, you know, of what he needs to do, go out and build a business. But I remember thinking in, in our mind, I was just like, no, but you need to let things out. You know, yeah. your companion should be your best friend to right. share everything that you're going through emotionally. Which, which actually led to, you know, years of back and forth between um, Michael and I about sharing our days with each other. Um, because, of course, being a teacher, <laughs> there are some bad days. And um, I felt like for a long time, I couldn't really share that with him because, you know, like all we're taught is just like, just talk positive. And I'm like, well, I need to vent for like 15 minutes, you know, because people are shitty yeah. <laughs> and that's reality. Mm -hmm. And I'm not going to put on this like Stepford wife smile and pretend everything's okay. Yeah. And you can't even vent to your upline too, because they don't, yeah. they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. So like I... So throughout business, I actually kept, and I'm very fortunate to have kept some of my close friends that I met through college and, um, I barely shared my story with them. Uh, <laughs> I know one, one of the, one of them who turned out to be our, our matron of honor. Um, I shared my story with her on a walk and she was like, that sounds great. Just, you know, be wary of pyramid schemes. And I'm like, oh, sure. It's not that, you know, it's, but I appreciate, you know, your concern. And then my other friend who lived across country, then um, he was like, oh, that sounds, you know, again, like, oh, that sounds great. You know, you need to make more money in America to get anywhere, like good for you. And he always had like business ideas and, you know, he would always like change jobs every few years and work his way up different companies really quickly. So that, and that's it. And I know I didn't want to share any more with them because I didn't want to risk my friendship being lost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I never really told them anything more about what we were doing. I just always like, oh, we're just so busy. Like I'm busy with school. I'm busy, you know, doing this. So I have to see family instead of like hanging out with them more. And, but I would be able to actually talk to them about work 
not about anything else in my life. And the only people I could talk to about the business was our, um, our sponsor, Evan. He actually got out of business, um, 2017? 2017, I think after family reunion. Yeah. And it took a while actually for us to start talking to him again, because again, we were told if someone leaves, you know, basically don't ask questions. You, even if you were friends before, don't talk to them, you know, like, well, they're not in the business now. So why should you seek out them? You know, it's just like, but we're friends. Like we had a life before this and I want a life after this. And so it took a while for him and I to get back on track and talk again. Um, But then once we were able to talk again, like more in 2018, while uh, Michael and I were still in the business and Evan was out, Mm -hmm. I was able to vent some of my frustrations to him and he would listen. And of course, like he wouldn't take the advice too far. He, He never said like, oh, you should quit. He said, you know, like maybe you should check your options again you know yeah stuff like that so he was a nice supportive friend yeah and keep in mind yeah it's like these weren't friends as the crown guy would always refer to your beer drinking buddies no you know these were friends that we performing arts people we performing arts people but you know we also like you know had deep layered connection over you know things of our life decades-long friendship decades-long real friendship yeah so it's not like somebody like once they quit the business it's like you completely write them off you know like they're out of our lives right and yeah a big pain that we that's was always there like when they leave the business that's their pariah you never can talk to them ever ever again yeah Yeah. it's true yeah and and that's what I feel like it's so unfortunate too because we do develop and and even if it's somebody that like you said you're friends with these people before the business and they're trying to they're trying to instill this expectation that oh well they quit they're not good people like you knew them to be which is wild to me but then it's the people that you do get to know in the business like you become friends with our cross line we become friends with our downline like when we leave we're almost afraid to talk to people I know when I left I didn't I didn't tell my downline I was leaving and I regret that every single day I think I finally reached out to almost every outline that I or downline that I had um but there are people who I hear their stories and they're like yeah we told our downline we were leaving we took them with us I was like I wish I would have done that yeah but I agree the way that they view friendships and the way that they make you view view people outside of the business is very, very sad. Um, and, and which is crazy because you guys, I, we always talk bad about the business, but there really was a period of time where these, these people were our heroes. So what was your guys' kind of honeymoon phase like and, and how long was it? And like, I'm sure you guys are at that point, we're living on cloud nine. Oh, huge. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I mean, ever since that first board plan, I I felt like, oh, I got to make a change. You know, this guy, like, I love this guy, but I just loved how animated he was, you know? And that's obviously what caught my eye. The diamond who talks really fast. I'm just like, oh my gosh, like I get his energy. Like, I understand. I feel like I could be best friends with this guy. And, um, and, and, uh, Mark could be that way too. Cause Mark in school was, oh, and, um, who took us through the process, uh, friends, he was, you know, always the the joker of, yeah, the, of the pack. Yeah, the goofball. Yeah, the life of the party all the time. So, you know, we connect that way. But, um, and when we got into business, I always wanted to make everything fun about the business. Like, I wanted to add, like, much more of happy, happy times. Like, anything that it got towards, like, media and, like, we would ever, like, you know, do anything. Like, and when, especially when we went to our first FED, I was just kind of, like, pumped, especially with all the other uh, media that was going on. I was just like, 
ooh, what could I do? Like, I want to get on that stage. I want yeah. to get on that stage. Like, please, there's just something that tells me like I want to be able to to do. And the honeymoon phase, get, I think we carry well, it. Well, for you. For me, yes, that's right. <laughs> Mine came a little later. Interesting, mm. but go ahead. Yeah, but in all honesty, the honeymoon phase really carried on, I want to say, because it was so funny because we launched into business and then like immediately I took that equ equity gig. Mm -hmm. Like we had our first FED and then I was gone, mm -hmm. but still in part, still doing, you know, the habits obviously within the partnership. But once you came back, you were really intense and yeah, fully I, committed. Yeah, I went, I went after it. So I get, but honestly, I think the honeymoon phase like really died down maybe around the middle of 2015 because then it just became work you know yeah well after we got married after we got married yeah because I got so I got so focused we only launched one leg in that whole time and then they quit like literally like two months later yeah and then and then we got married and so we just kind of felt like oh what do we do yeah and then literally we were we were on our honeymoon and then you can say like our honeymoon phase was still carrying on during our yeah. actual honeymoon because we were while we were on our honeymoon, we went to Disneyland and we were still having meet and greets on our honeymoon. Yeah. Like we were talking to people, reaching out to people on our honeymoon and like we would take a break from Space Mountain and then go off to a Starbucks outside the park and right. have a meet and greet with somebody. And it was so wild. wild. I'm sitting here listening to you say those words. Our honeymoon phase carried on into our honeymoon. You guys were in it. Like you guys were dedicated. You were in Disneyland thinking about the business. Because yeah. we didn't want to be, you know, we didn't want to disappoint our upline, you know, as they indoctrinate us so and, badly. And also the fact that we knew them. I knew them more from college. And once I started dating Michael, he knew them as well. We went to their wedding together. Um, you know, so we knew them and, and we liked them and yeah. we wanted to be the good examples that mm -hmm. we could be. And we were, you know, I was always a good student and I wanted to be a good student for them yeah. and, you know, to show if it worked for them and we knew their dynamic before business oh, yeah. and we knew how, sh how shy JC was and um, like, well, if she can, you know, expand her personality and become more comfortable and the uncomfortable, then maybe like I can do that too. And for me, like my, <clears throat> my honeymoon phase was a bit touch and go mm -hmm. um, because yeah, like, like uh, Michael said, he immediately left. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, no, I don't want to do it by myself. Um, <laughs> but, but I had my sponsor who, who would always like hang out and um, go to grocery stores at like 9pm and try to talk to people, which obviously never worked. Uh, <laughs> fresh and easy, if anybody remembers fresh and easy. Oh, such a good oh, grocery store. Fantastic. Um, and, <laughs> so because they were open 24 hours, we're like, Oh, perfect. We go like 11pm. No yes. big deal and um spear the cashier uh but <laughs> uh -huh. yep yep or spear like anyone by the frozen section yeah so <laughs> so at least like I had a friend to help out with that but um I remember actually our first FED which why one of the reasons why my honeymoon phase came later the first FED there was a guy who came on stage who I don't remember his name but he talked about a certain university or a camp or whatever it is oh uh if we could say his name uh I'll, I'll say randy randy gavins randy gavins so he's not in amway he's not in worldwide yep. but he's associated with he partners with etc and they allow him to speak at their functions um i don't think he's spoken at a function in a while 
No, I think he spoke at the last function that we went to, which was 2021 mm -hmm. FED. And but his time got shorter and shorter and shorter. Correct. Yeah. That's Rick Green that we're talking about. Yeah. Okay, so we can't say his name. Okay. Yeah, great. yeah, we can. Yeah, because what's funny is I was talking about this to somebody else that we we had mentioned Rick Green because we say Paul Sika here too, because Paul Sika is a he's an author. He's you know even though he's in worldwide. He's not in worldwide. I guess. Um, same with John Maxwell, and then Rick Green. He's kind of his own guy. Um, and what's really interesting that I have learned about even John Maxwell is these people speak for multiple MLMs, no, not no. just worldwide, like they're telling us. And that makes me sad. So yeah, we can talk about Rick Green. Hey, <laughs> hate that guy. So we were at FED in October of 2014 and Rick Green comes on and, you know, it's like, you know, it's not part of Amway worldwide. He just wants to talk about like this great American school type of thing and i'm listening to this like ultra patriotism that borders on fascism and i'm like what the heck is this Come, yeah. and i'm like i grew up my father loves history my grandparents literally lived through the war they lived through a famine they were in refugee camps in world war ii you know, they came to America and I'm like listening to this guy wax on about how amazing these founding fathers were. And I'm like, have you not read history? Because they're assholes who happen to have power and money. And yeah, they were against the British and they wanted to form a nation and they did it. Great. But you can't say that they were amazing human beings because they weren't. They were gods. Yeah. Yeah. They they're like. And back in 2014, he was already talking about, um, you know, the how this kind of history is not taught in schools, how great the founding fathers were. It's always, you know, sullied by actual history. Um, and I remember writing in my notebook and I found it um, during 2020 clean out when we were all in lockdown, lockdown um, in my notebook, like, what the hell is he talking about? This is ridiculous. Like, so Amway approves this guy and like worldwide likes him. Yeah, and that was like a huge red flag for me. And we just got into business. And I'm like, if they allow this guy to talk, how can I stand on stage and talk when I don't agree with this? Mm -hmm. You know, and I can't ever voice my opinion about it right. either. You gotta always so, hold your tongue. Yeah. yeah. And so that was like <laughs> no honeymoon phase. <laughs> um, I was more... It more turned into like, well, if Michael is into it, I'll be into it. You know, I'll try my best. Um, and then it really came to about, I think it was 2017 or 2018. Hmm. I want to say it's 2018. Um, because 2017 I left teaching for a little while. I got back into it later. Mm -hmm. But in 2018, for a 90-day core run, I'm like, all right, I'll really, really devote myself because I was always on and off. Um I'm like, I'll actually commit. I'll do 100%, 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. um, and I'll do my best to get results. Mm -hmm. um, because Michael has been working so hard for four years. And, you know, we've only gone 1000 PV. And I want those results because it's not fair to him to keep doing all this by himself, basically. So um, I really put in like my effort. I listened multiple audios a day. I read more than I needed to. Um, and I was asking questions in night owls after board plans, you know, really being attentive, not daydreaming during, during the same thing that I've heard for the past four years. 
And, um, and, but then one time after a board plane during a night owl, I asked this question and, you know, they, they actually encourage you, you know, your upline encourages you. If you're in a board plan with newer people, maybe ask a question that will help them. Help the newest, newest person. Yeah. Help the newest person. So I asked one of those questions and the response back was kind of like from Michael was like, almost in a tone of like, you don't know this by now. Yeah. And I wanted to be like, but you tell us to ask these basic questions, basically. Like you insinuate, ask something that you might know the answer to, but maybe other people don't. And so that will be beneficial to them. Mm-hmm. And after that, I was like, all right, I'm not going to put in a hundred percent because you tell us to do one thing. And then when we actually do it, you like give us this weird tone back. Like, we don't know what we're talking about. I thought we were on the same page, Mm -hmm. but clearly there's like, you think you're better than me? No. So after that, I stopped. So my honeymoon phase was four years later and it lasted three months. It lasted a core run. (laughs) It lasted a core run. Wow. Mm -hmm. I could see why it didn't last right. (laughs) Yeah. Gosh. And you know, you said something that really stuck out to me was how can you speak on stage when you do not agree with this? And I feel like that's so common now that I'm speaking with people who leave is like, I I know that when I was like, I'm going to get on that stage, I'm going to tell my truth. But realistically, I don't think I would have been able to, you know, my truth does not align with worldwide dream builders and their religious aspect. And God, I curse a lot. Okay. I could not fucking imagine if I was going to go on stage and try to be all fucking kosher and shit. That was the hardest thing for me. I mean, okay. I understand y'all out there especially my parents. Sorry. Um, I, there's definitely a time and a place. I mean, if you guys heard my episode with my dad, I apologize like a number of times. I'm like, I'm so sorry. Dad. That's a fantastic episode. It's great. <laughs> yeah. Your dad is but, Oh, thank you. He's great. But no, it's like, I, I had to just like, you know, everybody, we have to change who we are to be in the business. You have to change your dialogue, the way that you say things, you can't say things a certain way. And I always kind of look back and think like, you're right. I don't think I could have spoken on stage and said the things that I feel and wanted to say, because they didn't align with Rick Green. They didn't align with Paul Sika. They didn't align with the crown guy or the club owner or the guy who talks really fast. Like, I always wonder too, what these people were like before the business. Obviously, the guy who talks really fast, he was indoctrinated since day one. His parents were diamonds, right? They're like OGs of the business. But I think about people like the club owner and his wife. I specifically think about his wife because she was 18 when she got in this business. Still so young. She has never really had any real life experience without this. And I think about the misogyny that is pushed down by her like you, uh, Michael, were talking about. And... I wonder if she ever feels guilty for the things that she's pushing on to us like that, or if it's something that, you know, she's so brainwashed, she has to believe it, or if she's just as guilty as some of these men in the business pushing this agenda too. It's so crazy. Like these lines are so blurred with these people, Mm -hmm. but you're right. That really, that really hit the nail on the head with that one. And um, so now that you guys are, so your honeymoon space lasted such a short period of time and you guys were in for a total of seven years, right? Seven and a half. Seven and a half years. Seven and a half years. Wow. So how did you handle the rest of the time? I have to ask. Goodness. Well, because yeah, as you can understand, our dynamic was like very tough, very tough because she was struggling on the inside of just with the whole business, the whole lifestyle of it all, which is completely understandable. And, and I, uh, well, well, 
we literally had arguments mm -hmm. where I'm like, I'm not a Stepford wife, <laughs> you know? And I was like, just because I like to cook and bake doesn't mean, you know, I want to just like be subservient to you. Mm -hmm. And um, it's like, we can't use this money for all the, all this baking, all this other meals because we yeah. have to use it for our kiddo. I'm also like a stress baker and cooker. So like, that's where I, <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm like, I will, I will make a meal and take four hours if I need to like decompress. It, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's it's her time to like, yeah, to relax yeah. and to rest cooking, which is fantastic. You know, I, Good for, it's, it's a benefit to you. <laughs> I love the benefits of it, even though, yeah. Cause I was, even though it's like, ah, like, how can I eat all this when my body is literally falling apart by eating all this damn soy bars every oh day? God. Yeah. And God. you <laughs> get on me about like cooking actual meals because we had all these snacks. Mm-hmm. All and the I was, protein bars, meal shakes, yeah. all the, the, the damn disgusting tortilla chips and the, ugh. like, and the thing is, so I have food allergies and intolerances. And one thing I can't have in a fake form is soy and soy protein is in almost every single thing. And the vitamins actually have, um, you know, I can't have, uh, pitted fruits. So like cherries and peaches and plums and stuff. So I, one of the main vitamins has cherry in it mm -hmm. and I can't have that. Yep. And so when they say like, Oh, buy the expensive things like vitamins and makeup or vitamins and excess or vitamins and this, I'm like, I can't even have the vitamin. <laughs> right. And, um, heaven forbid, I should seek out a different brand of vitamins that I can have, um, because that's sacrilege. And <laughs> so I remember I was talking to this girl who was downline of Mark and JC and she would live in out of state and she, we met her at a function and she had intestinal issues and digestive issues, but she would like, well, she would eat the soy protein and she would just suffer through bloating. And she's like, one day I can afford not to, you know, I, I can afford other things for my business and I could eat real food basically. And I'm, I'm, you know, paraphrasing, but that was kind of the mentality they taught. So, you know, choke it down, you know, su uh, like suffocate your own self for the betterment of the future. But there was no real future to be had because everything was a question mark. And mm -hmm. at one hand, oh, well, it's up to you how much you want to succeed. But on the other hand, it's like, you can't control the results. Right. You can't control if people are going to call you back. You nope. can't control if they're going to fall out of the process. But meanwhile, what we always were, what was so such a struggle for us and for me to see Michael go through this really was so disheartening. And again, I can't really say much, but for him to be out there after work, you know, he got a day job. He would go out after work. Maybe he would come home to change and eat real quick, but he would be out of the house like 11 p.m. midnight, sometimes even later. And we would hardly ever see each other. Um, and he would go out and talk to people all night long. And he's like, okay, I got like three numbers. And then maybe one, maybe would actually sit down. And he was doing this every single day for years. And the fact that I feel like we didn't get traction because we were actually honest people who suck at lying. <laughs> trying to and, like, put on a face, yeah. And put on a facade that was obviously a facade to many people. And yeah, you know, we attract who we are in a way and we attracted more honest people. <laughs> yeah. uh, like who weren't, you know, assholes and and who didn't want like to uh live in like corporate America type of thing. So um the fact that you know we weren't really getting actual results and for to see Michael just beat himself up about that, that was years and years of 
watching that happen and not being able to say anything, even mentioning like, hey, do you think maybe we could like take our feet a little bit off the pedal, you know, blew up into a huge argument. No, no, we can't stop. We can't stop. We have to go all in. We have to, we have to go 80 miles per hour. Yeah. We we need to go diamond like yesterday. Yeah. Like we need, we need to grow in this. And, you know, and that's where obviously you were the most amazing at honestly, just because, you know, you saw me on those days where, you know, Mark wasn't really giving me enough after like the 10th time or a thousandth time where I would literally like hate Mark and say mm -hmm. like, Hey, you know, I've been talking to so many people and, you know, I feel like, you know, nothing, nothing is, you know, really happening. I'm doing everything right. Yeah. And, um, oh, so let me, let me break down, especially like what that, they always said, like when you build the business and you go out and inhabit, you know, when you're actually out there building the business, it's a third, a third, a third, right? So I actually did the math on this where technically you are and, you know, listening to enough huddle Kates and like training Kates, like we were like, I listened to freaking everything. Yeah. I dove myself into every single audio, every single training. I was always there at every second look regional, always in the huddles, you know, even when the days when these were the days where you could actually record those things, mm -hmm. uh, which obviously they stopped, but um, everything was a third, a third, a third. So if anything that you wanted to actually get traction and growth in the business, uh, you need, I needed to talk to 90 people. I needed to share my story to 90 people a month, you know, three, share your story with three people a day you know, and increase that to 270 people to share your story with, which is a month, and which is sharing your story to nine people a day, because you'll have three that are immediately looking, three that are just curious, and then three that are negative. So you get three contacts a day. And then you feel you can, you know, go by that and then break that down even more, you know, that's 15 conversation starters a day, you know, share, you know, share your story to three people and the, that those three are looking three are curious, three are negative, mm -hmm. three that you just start the conversation doesn't deepen, mm -hmm. three that you start your conversation, it deepens, but you don't get to share your story, you know, which is a total of 450 conversations a month. And listening to enough audios and, you know, talking to, an, you know, to our upline and listening to everybody, it's like, it is a numbers game, but at the same time, you know, they have to coach you to like, be relatable, you know, don't think about that. And I would feel so horrible when even Mark would, you know, throw it in my face and bring up like, well, Alex, like you're a professional actor. Like this should be easy for you. You know, this should be just fine. Hold on a second. So he really said that to you? Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Multiple times. Multiple times. Like, come what? on. Like your business is all about, you know, being with people and, and telling stories and all that type of stuff, which, you know, make me feel just even more freaking guilty. Yeah. And the times when we would take somebody through the process, great couple, like a great couple to their standards were like, oh, they're sharp. They're real, real sharp, you know, because they dress sharp, they sound sharp, they look blah, 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 blah. And then by the time they get to like a first follow up, they drop out of the process because now they seen Amway, they've the seen that plan. it's worldwide, you know, they've seen the board plan, they read the book, listened to the audios, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, uh, it's just not right. And then they come to us thinking, you know, to tell them, we told them that they dropped out of the process after that. And they come to us and, and say like, well, was there something in the process that maybe was a red flag that you missed? Was there something that you said? Was it something that... Mm -hmm. So the responsibility falls on us, which yes, you can take oh. the high road and take the, and take the blame and say like, oh, what could I have done differently? But at the same time, it's like this is like the seventieth person this month mm -hmm. that has that we're experiencing this with, yeah. And you really right. 
and you can only put the blame so so much on yourself where you feel so the red flag wasn't amway which okay i forgot to ask this going back like you're right you're taking these people through the process guaranteed it was the word amway they're like "Mm, i've heard of this before when you guys had first originally kind of started this kind of i know we're bouncing back and forth it always happens but how long did it take for you guys to find out that it was amway and had you guys heard of amway beforehand Here's what's funny. Okay, so we went to our first uh, meet and greet. Uh, No, first meet. It was a second meet and greet. Okay. We had our second meet and greet. We had dinner with my parents that same night, Mm -hmm. and uh, we. I told my parents we're about to go meet up with our friends, talk about a business opportunity, and literally I remember our parents saying like, "Well, as long as it's not Amway, you know, that's great." And we hadn't heard of Amway. No. Did not know of Amway. And then my parents just like, "Oh, it was something that our friends like back in the day in Virginia. I grew up in Virginia." uh that they tried to uh you know get us into and it was all based on products obviously because mm-hmm. amway's business is products mm-hmm. and so we were just like oh okay okay that's fine but then we got so immersed and so captivated by just mark and jc and then from the board plan like when uh the diamond at that time the ruby said uh amway we it went over our heads like we yeah and know. then we're like well it must be different now right because it's also worldwide and we're like okay well they clearly have a better structure now. We're no, I don't see anyone like storing products in like in a separate room. You know, it's it's not how it used to be. So it's it's less products and more talking to people. So at least that's different. So maybe it's better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Maybe they went through a whole like change from the inside out, cleaned yeah. up shop. Yeah. But yeah, so it was the the first board plan, and yeah, we didn't have like any history with it. And, um, and we, I remember telling my sister about it and her sending me like Reddit article, yeah. <laughs> Reddit threads. And I'm like, oh, you just don't understand. <laughs> yeah. And I remember looking at the catalogs cause we had the old school, you know, black info box, you know, oh, yeah. where we got our info, the books and the, and the catalogs. I remember looking through the catalogs. I'm like, holy crap. Yeah. It kind of, refi- it sounds great. It kind of reminded me like back in school when you had to fundraise things. Mm-hmm in school and it was just yes. like yes buy this cookie dough buy all this stuff so i just gift felt wrap. like gift wrap <laughs> oh geez and so i remember looking through all this like oh yeah oh my gosh we can go we can go all we of this totally like do this <laughs> there was but in in all honesty there were some products that we legitimately loved and like the if anybody remembers like from back in the day uh they had Amway had neutralite had this antioxidant juice it was that, so good it was so good <laughs> It was like a, a pomegranate flavor or something and a mango flavor. It was like a mango flavor. Oh, so good. But then they transferred those into like the twist twos. Yeah. And, you know, those were those were still good. And the excess. Oh, yeah. We were like addicted I mean, to those excesses. We always loved coffee and caffeine. Mm-hmm. Um, we never liked Red Bull because just the taste. For me, it tastes like cough syrup and that's gross. It's too much. But, um, but yeah, we're like, this is great. Like, we need to stay up, you know, for twenty hours. Might yeah. as well. <laughs> we we yeah, we understood the uh, the mind the mentality of like, you know, you move your money of where you're spending over here mm-hmm. on yourself on your own store. That's just obviously makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it just I don't know. It never really struck a problem with us until much later. Until much later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Wow. So you guys, so you found out it was Amway. Manway was not the problem. You find these energy drinks, which are fantastic. I had to force myself to like excess. I now look back and I'm like, I was never a fan of excess. I convinced myself I was. Um, And now you're starting to see 
you see red flags a lot sooner, Michelle. And Michael, you're living cloud nine. This is great. I, I I still can't believe he said that you are a paid actor, that you should know how to do this, which further shows me that they are fake. Because isn't that the idea of acting is not being yourself, you're being yeah. a character, you're being something else, which is clearly what they wanted you to do. They're not acknowledging that the red flag has always been the word Amway. And you're continuing through this process. You guys really became a prominent couple in your line of sponsorship. And kind of as you're going through the motions, what did like maybe from years like two, three, and four, what did those years look like? Horrible. Well, like in, in retrospect, oh, like I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, because I'm thinking back, like right when you said that, Nanny, I just think back of all those nights, like yeah. a lot, uh, like uh, Michelle said earlier, of how um, all those late nights of just, you know, like going to targets going to walmarts going to like whole foods and all those supermarkets and like reis and and malls just going about everywhere and at the same time uber and lifting to earn extra money so we could also get out of debt pay off our debt at you know garage sales whatever we could to sell things on offer up and all that and just remember how stressed and how exhausted and how um tense tense we we were hardly seeing each other yeah hardly you know having any date nights really like we like they would uh indoctrinate us in the business yeah. like your date nights are meet and greets yes and yeah. also like going out to talk to people so in vegas there's a few like you know open door open open air malls yeah. and so we would go there and me, <laughs> I'd be like, great, we get to have a date and hold hands and, you know, la-di-da. But then half the time, Michael wouldn't even be focusing on what I was saying nope. because he was like, oh, there's a couple. Let's go talk to this couple. I'm like, I'm in the middle of a sentence. <laughs> like, what do you mean there's a couple? Like, I can't we just be together? Yeah. Even sitting down to eat dinner when we were able to go out, think about it. talking to the waiter, to the waitress. And and the server and just like, you know, making everyone aware. And it was just like, but we have to do this. You know, this is just part of what we have to do. So like on the inside, horrible, right? On the outside, we were making um, like social games, hmm. right? In in our group, um, because even though we weren't getting a lot of tactile results, um, our upline Mark and JC were growing. And then the guy who talks really fast and his wife were, uh, were growing and becoming diamond. And so we were there for a lot of these pivotal moments. Right. We qualified, mostly Michael qualified for every single 90 day core run. So we were in, uh, after a core run, there's an incentive where you get to um, join your upline and maybe even you know upline and then the next upline and the whole group who um, did all the, what they needed to do for those 90 days right. and just hang out and have fun and, mm -hmm. and um, you know, spend some quality time with each other. <laughs> Excuse me. So we were always around um, and they knew that we were working hard, even though not getting results. So there was kind of like a honeymoon phase in that, in that fact that, we were supposed to be, I feel like we were, no one ever said this, but we were supposed to be one of their crowning achievements. Well, actually, their, a lot of our, sorry, a lot yeah. of our cross line who were growing, who, a lot of our cross line who were growing as well, which, you know, may, which uh, put Mark and JC to Emeralds. 
Um, they came up to us constantly and said, like, you're going to be leg number four. Mm-hmm. Like, we we know it. Like, everything that you guys are doing. Like, and, and at the same time, we legitimately loved all of them, too. Like, we loved them. Because, you know, we were, we started out almost all at the same time. Yeah. A lot of us. Like, all their other Platinums, like, we start out around the same time. So, we... It's kind of like a... um you know, like having a, a group in school, you know, like mm-hmm. you come in at the same time, you kind of like graduate at the same time, you know, it's like, it's yeah. that group of people that you're always seeing. You always see, especially you see out and about even, yeah. you know, like, so you can wave hi to each other. Mm-hmm. So yep. And Mark and JC had a leg, their first platinum were like thousands of miles away. Yeah. Like they pride Mark and JC pride themselves on this leg. Like they're thousands of miles away and look how much they just grew like crazy. Mm-hmm. And like when you were talking about earlier, earlier, Danny, about, you know, the times where we, you know, had such great times in the business. Like I remember sometimes like when we got done with the function and we would hang out at like an in and out, there would be some times with those other legs of Mark and JC, like we would just hang out and talk and we would just have a ball. Right. Like we would like, because those were times where I could feel I could, you know, be myself with them. Mm -hmm. And it was just, it was fantastic. And it was non-judgmental. And we were just like, Mm -hmm. man, if we didn't have this little business thing going on, going on, it's like, like we could be like, Mm -hmm. great, great. Right. Because you become friends. Like, like, again, I know we shit on these people, but you guys, these were our best friends at one period of time. Like, I, like you said, you know, you would go hang out with your upline and you're right. If there was no business, we would be besties. Like this would be a good time, especially when your upline is very similar to you. My, my upline were all my age. Like I remember like going on our first, like driving the miles to a spring leadership, just being in the car, talking, laughing, having fun. That was fun. But one thing that somebody pointed out to me, I can't remember who it was, but somebody in an episode that we did was like, this, it never really was a friendship because we never got to actually hang out. I was like, that's so true. I never hung out with my upline if it was not about business. It was never, we're going to go just chill. We're going to just go hang out. It was, we have to go dream build. We have to go do something that's business related. And it's like, that was all fake, but, but during the time it didn't feel fake. It felt like you could really, like you said, be yourself and let loose. And you felt safe with these people. And And I could, I could see how that kind of blurs the lines with maybe at any point when you started to feel concerned, you're like, no, no, but these are good people. Like, is that something that you guys struggled with where maybe you, Michelle were like, I'm having a bad feeling about this or, or did it even come out soon? Like how long did you wait to say, Hey, I don't feel right about this. Well, I would try to voice my concern to Michael because, you know, we were together and Mm -hmm. we were friends first and couple second, and we always like just shared stuff with each other. And And we created a, you know, we always wanted to create an environment as husband and wife where we wanted to let the air open. We didn't want anything repressed. We wanted to have a non-judgmental open area. And, but it was, it was hard, of course, because, you know, it was in, from what we were taught and from his mindset of, you know, don't question, don't bad mouth. Yeah. You know, these are people that you should be looking up to. Yeah. So therefore you can't say anything negative about it. Um, so yeah, it was, it was really hard to actually talk to him about it. 
I know um, very early on in the business, you know, less than a year being launched, um, I was talking to my upline, JC, about um, about sex, basically. And, you know, I, I've had some, some issues with pain and she basically said, oh, you just have to like relax and let him do his thing basically. And then she gifted, it was, then she gifted me some stuff, which was kind of funny. Cause I did not expect that from her at all. Um, and even when we knew her, uh, in, in college, she was a very reserved person. So, um, then I remember talking to her about that again, a little bit later, like in a few years and basically through the readings and through what she was saying, it was basically, she was advocating for marriageable rape of just given to him, you know, just relax. And, um, he needs it. Even if you don't want to, he needs it. So that like years before 2020 happened and the pandemic happened and we really rethought things that was, the definite breaking point for me of like, yeah, I can't talk to my husband about, Hey, maybe I'm not in the mood for this. Maybe I'm not in the mood. Cause I never see you outside of meetings. Maybe we right. don't have a connection anymore because now everything has to be the business and heaven forbid I should open about, up about my feelings about this. Mm-hmm. And I can't be honest with you. Like, that's not the reason. The reason is, Oh, he's a man, so he needs sex and you need to give it to him yeah. as his wife. Right. And wow. And of course it's like, that's what she was taught. And so right. she, what she was taught. Yeah. And I'm like, I can never say that to anyone downline of me. Mm-hmm. I would never, I would say, go see a gynecologist, go see a physical therapist, go see a psychologist, like go, go see a, uh, a counselor, you know, like see a licensed, a, a licensed practitioner yeah help you with this not oh well based on the christian bs not even psychology books of actual doctors at all no it's like pastors and their wives mm-hmm. um i think her favorite book was a woman <laughs> a woman after god's heart well there was many of my many of favorite books that i just mm-hmm. absolutely loved and did not throw against the wall um so long and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so i read that one too yeah. So, um, all these things that I'm just like, what are you talking about? Like if he that's needs dangerous. A, yeah. If he needs a release, it's called his hand. Like I don't need to be a part of this. <laughs> yeah. No, you're not wrong. Like that's dangerous to teach people. I mean, so much pain and there can even be pain that isn't caused by endometriosis. It is just pelvic pain, pelvic floor. Like there's just such a a wide range of things that can happen. And it's like, these people don't care that you feel pain. They care that they're pushing their, I'm going to use the word patriarchal here. They're you, they're pushing their patriarchal like position. They, and, and again, I've had, we've had other guys on here too. Like, um, Fisher Fisher was very open as well. When hope was coming on and being like, this is not okay. And he was like, I made like the men made me feel like I had to be this way. Is that kind of how things were for you, Michael, where you had your upline kind of pressuring you to maybe go against your own personal moral values? 100%. Absolutely. And I had to emulate this certain 
ideal and this certain uh, shape of what a man was supposed to be. And um, I had to adapt very much of being like a man's man. And it's funny, Michelle would always get on me about uh, how short my hair was cut because I would sometimes look at all these uh, different uh, le leaders and all their hair were like so sh super short. And so there were like some times where I was just like, oh, I'll just cut my hair like super, super short, which I was trying to make the excuse like it's summer. It's fine. You know, let it be, you know, so, you know, let it be fine. You know, I'll, I'll live with it. But no, it just made it, it just increased of more discomfort. And um, and I wasn't aware about how uh, that counsel was given to Michelle about her having to, you know, basically, you know, just deal with it and, and put up with it in order to service me. Because, you know, if that was that was the case, you know, I never I, I never wanted that to be to be the thing. It made me just yeah. so angry at the, uh, within the whole structure and the whole business of coaching of, of what was of what was supposed to be and yeah you know and I and of course they always teach like you have to lead you have to go out there and you know be the heavy hitter be the leader of your family and go out there every single day so I felt like okay I'm not seeing her every day but uh, it's all for good reason you know it's yeah. going to be for something we're going to get the rewards you know we may not have a lot of time now but you know, we'll have time later. And that's what they would always like reassure us with it. It was mm -hmm. just like, come on, if it took you like even 10 years, <laughs> 10 years to go platinum, you'll be 35. Like, wouldn't that be worth it? Wouldn't that be so worth it? Mm -hmm. And then I thought to myself, like, ah, to be a platinum when you're 35, especially when you when you have children, and you have to live this other lifestyle. It's fucking miserable. <laughs> yeah, because you still yeah. have no time. On top of that, you have a child mm -hmm. or multiple children. And you are you know, ingesting all these products that, you know, depending on your own dietary restrictions, depending on your own body type that are, are still not healthy. Mm -hmm. And then you're going to have to go through this whole lifestyle, especially if you're quote unquote, a winner, you have to go out and do, you know, above and beyond, you know, getting, <laughs> get, if you work at seven, if you, get, if you work at seven, get up at like 5am, do whatever you can to get those wins in before you go to work, you know? Ah, yes. Be, be core I remember more. that. Four and more, four and more, hard, right? That's how it was ridiculous, and I and I can imagine too. Like you guys are just so nice. Like you guys just have a chemistry. Like I can imagine that. Like during that time, you both are being given given separate types of like counsel. So it's like it's not even like either of you knew what the other person was getting, and you couldn't go to each other and be like, "Hey, so homegirl said that I have to submit when I don't want to." I can imagine that conversation would have been like, "Yikes!" Like, but then I'm sure they encourage you, "Hey, don't tell them I said that. Don't tell them I said that," which is so scary to yeah. think about. Um, yeah. And it's not just the council sessions that are that are the. I mean, the council sessions are really where you learn where you're upline, who they are. That's where you truly learn who is actually in your life and who's, quote, coaching you. Because you get a different side of your upline in a council session versus who they are on stage or at an event or even at an incentive. And one thing actually kind of going on to incentives and qualifying for incentives, you guys should light on something for me for an incentive that made me so mad. So you guys found out that so when I think we've talked about this before, but when you go double Eagle, there is this thing called moving up. Everybody wants to go to moving up, right? Everybody double Eagle and above gets to be there, get to hang out with your upline, whatever you guys found out that we, as these people who are qualifying are the ones who have to pay for it. How does yes. that look? Yes. 
I've, an expensive hotel. Expensive hotel. Uh, I believe. Oh goodness, now the name has escaped me. I think it was called Paradise something, but it was right there in the middle of uh, San Diego. Um, and yeah, once you go double Eagle, you pay for your whole room and in order to reserve that in advance, let me just say, it's never said that you pay for it. It's always never. addressed as you get to go, you, get to go. you know, like you qualify for, you know, so it's insinuated that, oh, because you qualify for it, you are given it, right. you know, and no one ever talks about, oh no, you have to pay your way mm-hmm. to stay at a hotel that, you know, but right before this, like you're, you're budgeting and you're staying at like best Westerns and motel sixes. And, you know, you're trying your best to, to live way below your means, even if you're platinum and you're, you're saving money on tickets on like plane tickets and stuff. So now you're going to some, somewhere that costs definitely at least $200 a night, if not more, more. where the diamonds are staying Yeah, just so you can spend time with them. Like, why couldn't you like be a quarter of a mile down the road. Oh yeah. Is that going to because, like yeah, cause that negatively re- affect you? Yeah, because that resort is like hooked with the beach and they have all these different activities. So it's just like, yeah, it's this time. But <laughs> it's like, you're spending a lot of that time at freaking meetings and talks and talks of the same shit that they same. talk about every single freaking yeah. day yeah. on the Kates and, and the audios. Then you have to sit there and listen to the diamonds wax on about oh well we're building this and we have this construction going and oh yeah we're building our like second basketball court it's like who cares like how is this helpful to me oh it's 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 you know dream building dream building it's like well i don't want that yeah like it's not relatable to every single person they talk it up at moving up like yeah all these meetings you know all these uh talks and it's like it's elevated association it's elevated talks you know different talks that you (laughs) that you wouldn't it's hilarious different talks that you wouldn't get elsewhere elsewhere and which is ridiculous and uh, you know i can't prove yeah i can't prove it necessarily that uh, my my upline yeah my upline because i i quit kate i don't have that damn recording anymore no but uh i do i remember it full-fledged he he told me that uh, well if you're double eagle you're making you know money so if you're on your budget well enough it should be no problem to get your room over there for moving up you're a double eagle. You got the money, but it's like, I don't not, buy it. not even if you have 12 legs or even just doing the bare minimum of hundred PV, that's not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Even if you're just, even as I say, it takes you a year to go double eagle by that time, even if you're not even debt-free or whatever, mm-hmm. like that's still not necessarily enough. So you still have to, mm-hmm. you know, switch things around within your own budget in order to like, you know, to, to properly go there and yeah, not it stress. Could, it could definitely put a strain on your finances mm-hmm. and but they, they don't market it like that at all. And no, it's, no. yeah, it's all these, like, they're so careful with their vocabulary, mm-hmm. you know, so it's yeah. all between the lines. It's never outright said. It's always insinuated. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. you know, when we counsel a blind, it's never like, oh, don't tell your spouse. It's just, it's basically like, just walk the walk, you know, like just do it. Don't and, say it, show it. Yeah, and don't, don't, they never say like, don't talk about it, just do it. But that's uh, the other side of that coin is don't talk about it. But exactly. They're just so careful with it. Mm-hmm. They and really it's, are. It's sad like because, and, and when you're in these council sessions, right, you're, they're being, they're being so dishonest on so many different levels from the incentives that we are so excited about in the beginning, right? We're like, I want to go to moving up. I'm going to get double legal because I'm going to move, you know, moving up. 
And then you have people like the club owner who in his audios are claiming that you're going to make X amount at this level. We've done the math. We know that you had have to have some serious effing de- uh, down, uh, downline, so depth, to, to reach these astronomical numbers that they're claiming their double eagles are making. Um, right. But not only that, they're being dishonest with you guys about their own lifestyles. And I personally, I don't know if you guys had seen this or not, but, and, and, and kind of going back to this topic of how we're, we're being told by our upline that as women, we have to submit. I have just this envisionment of a lot of upline having domestic violence in their homes. I think that that's probably happening quite a bit more than we think. And it makes me sad. It makes me so sad because I, I know that as a DV survivor myself, going into this organization was quite literally the worst thing I could have done for myself. Getting a partner who would follow these things, like when they wanted to get me back together with my ex-partner, he would have been the most dangerous person to be in this business because he was already a narcissist. He was already somebody who could show face as charismatic and then behind closed doors be the most abusive person. And that's, I just, I, w- I wish I knew, like, it's just so sad. What is your guys' kind of thoughts on that? Things real quick. Um, there was this time, a few times that the guy who talks really fast and his wife were on stage and he told the story about how when they were getting ready to leave for like a function or whatever, maybe a board plan and like their kids were crying and something happened and, you know, it was just chaotic. Right. And um, his wife told their child, like, I'm sorry, we have to leave. And on stage, he's like, don't ever tell our kids we're sorry that we have to leave that we're building a future for them and I'm, i remember on with him saying that on stage maybe it was exaggerated i don't know i wasn't there but him using a specific tone on stage i'm like oh my god like that's <clears throat> horrifying first of all i hope he didn't do it in front of the kids i'm sure he did but you know like you don't say that in front of your child you don't yell at your spouse in front of your child um And, you know, like the mom guilt is real and, you know, I'm, we're not parents yet, but working with kids for, you know, over a decade and working with those parents, like I see it and I feel it. And it's, you know, it's so heartening to know that like, you know, you're a working parent and that's really hard sometimes. And some days, especially in a chaotic moment, all you want to do is comfort your child, but you can't be there for them. That's a real feeling and it should be um, noticed and confirmed and it's just it's human nature so for him to yell at her at that vulnerable moment was so eye-opening to me and I'm like I thought we're a nice guy (laughs) you know and then also there was um we found out towards 2020 2021 I was actually talking to a cross line who I knew before the business Mm -hmm. and um then once things started to get back in person I didn't see her I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, what's going on? You know, we didn't see you. Are you guys okay? She's like, Oh yeah, we actually left. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I understand that 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 can happen. Especially at this moment, you know, after 2020 and the shutdown and everything, I was like, yeah, definitely, definitely understand understand that. It's like the biggest positive coming, (laughs) the biggest positive coming out of the pandemic is like, how many people left? How many people left and worldwide falling apart? No, (laughs) (laughs) but, um, but yeah, I, I talked to her some more and I basically like I had to gain her trust in that she knew I was one foot out the door, you know, at the same time so that she could open up to me because I just I did not want to be like just topical. Oh, we're left, but we're OK. I wanted to be like, no, like, are you guys actually OK? Did something happen? And so I let her know that basically like 
it's okay to talk to me if you want to, to talk to me. And so this is what I heard, which is what she heard. So this is hearsay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it was a little game of telephone and I don't know the specifics, but basically they laughed because they learned of a domestic abuse situation mm-hmm. that where it got so bad that basically the female was told, suck it up, cover it up and you're building the business for your kids. So kind of deal with it. And that was their last straw. They knew of some rumblings before this. I remember. Um, and I remember seeing her at a function where she had sunglasses on. It looked like heavy makeup on one side. Yeah. So that was through our cross line about their um, their upline and someone else cross line of them as well. And because of that situation, um, a lot of people left. And of course, you know, it was explained away by um some of the emeralds and the and the diamonds about oh you know they they want to go a different direction or um oh they they took what they learned here and they want to start their own business and you know that's just not okay that's not what we do um so there is a lot of people that exited including um were they rubies big guy oh yes they were uh double eagle rubies mm-hmm. yeah we'll so, call we'll call them uh Jason and um, Jason and Leah. Yeah, they they left. They weren't the domestic abuse couple, um, but, but they were all kind it, of like intertwined. It was their downline who yeah. had that issue. Yeah. So Jason and Leah were Double Eagle Ruby's downline of Danny and Gracie, who were Emerald's downline of the uh, Diamonds, who talk really fast. Yeah. So they, they, wow. were, they were in it for years. And um, both couples, the ones who who were a couple and left... And the ones who went through domestic violence, um, they were in it for years. And after 2020, once I learned about that too, I was like, okay, we have to find a way mm-hmm. to get out. Because of course, of course, the diamonds know the real story yeah. and they're just not allowing the real story to get out because that would look bad. Yeah. Like they'll do anything to protect their money. Yeah. Their 4% divorce rate. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder why. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it's crazy. Toxicity mm-hmm. is just, you know, it's bleeding through. And I remember, oh, I remember one, they call it their end of the year kickoff, which is around December. And, uh, you know, it's like New Year's resolution, what to do. One leader who was downline of um, one of their other emeralds. Uh, cause he, he and his wife were, uh, sapphires mm. and they got up and spoke and like to, I guess, create some sort of relatability. He said, I had the permission to say this on stage, and, you know, and it's like hundreds of other people were there as well. So oh, yeah. they could attest, but he said like, you know, just a couple of days ago, my wife's mom was murdered and she's still here. What's, what's your excuse? Yeah. And it almost felt like, why are we why are we trying to find relatability and trying to like in trauma in, in the in tragic events, tragic event, like that has nothing to do with the business. Yeah. You know, just to stay what? committed to your business and to, you know, your ownership, yeah. stay committed to your upline, stay committed to your team. It's like, no matter what happens. Yeah. And trying to bring out the fact of, um, especially with the diamond uh, who talks really fast, their relatives, one of their relatives, the wife's, I believe grandfather dying of COVID yeah. and not treating the virus seriously? seriously at all. At all. And and why are and why are they trying to use all these things in order to, you know, stay committed and you know, not giving the understanding and 
the um just you know, reality the reality of the situation it's like it really makes you question where is their reality like are they even living in the same like place that we are because I don't know how much they can't see how much they don't want to see it's so hard to understand what they're thinking and like speaking of COVID and um, we were invited to walk with our upline, Mark and JC, in like um, October of 2020. And, you know, then we haven't seen each other in person in a long time. So like, great, we'll walk around a park. It's outdoors. It's fine. You know, this is before the vaccines were out. Well, <laughs> our our upline, Mark, he was in the medical field, but he didn't. He doesn't have a medical degree. He was pre med, so just biology and chemistry, right? And then he got a certification to do something in the medical field. So we're walking around and he's like, watch after the election, this virus is going to go away. You're not going to hear about it. I'm like, that's not how viruses work. Like, <laughs> like you say you're in the medical field and you, what? Like, oh yeah. and I'm like, oh my God, like they're literally not living in this reality. No. And that was literally the worldwide sensation. Yeah. One election day is going to change the whole virus. Don't worry. You're not going to be sick anymore. It's crazy how they handled COVID. And so now that we're starting to kind of enter this COVID era, this is really kind of getting down to when you guys were going to be getting ready to leave. And so what was it that through COVID you guys started to see differently? And what was the, I guess, downfall of your <laughs> Worldwide Dream Builder time? What did that look like? Oh, sure. I mean, it was, it was, a it was both, it started out as such a conflicting time, such a huge conflicting time, because as you know, I was like all in, you know, I was yeah. doing everything I could still to build our business and to, to grow and to grow. So during the shutdown, we were both furloughed, we were both furloughed. Um, but we both got Instacart. Yep. And you also got some other stuff. I was still doing some Uber Eats and Lyft, doing whatever I could you know, to, to make more money. We got that, you know, unemployment as just yeah. as everybody, which, you know, I still felt guilty about, but you know, it wasn't, you know, what we needed to do. And then, um, of course we didn't, ha we didn't see our upline all the time, just through like Kate and, you know, the zoom, of course, you know, the classic zoom board plans and mm -hmm. zoom, all of that stuff, mm -hmm. which then it was freaking hilarious how the, the, the tickets were still the same price how we still had to pay all of the, all this money for functions mm -hmm. when they were all zoomed in mm -hmm. and they're all through the worldwide app. And we just felt like, okay, we understood from the very beginning, like, okay, we're being told this doesn't go directly to you guys. It just goes to the fund of worldwide, right. To fund for everybody's trip to the event. the event itself, to pay for everything. Hence why all these functions like $15 per person, you know, it started out as 10, then to 15, to, then to 20 disgusting. And then, um, but now, online. All that. but now online, it's like, why is it still the same price? So all these, you know, things were starting to permeate a little bit more. And uh, we still had enough money in our bank account and we needed a new car. So we went out to get and bought a new car with cash. Oh, we got a car the day everything shut down on St. Patrick's, St. Patrick's Day. Because yeah. we were living in Las Vegas. Vegas shut down. Day Vegas shut down. We literally bought uh, Michelle and uh, a used car yeah. that had been repaired so it was like new practically mm -hmm. and we paid it with cash because we were taught you know don't go into debt for a car mm -hmm. so we paid I think the car was we can be honest like ten thousand dollars and then that next uh, I think a couple months later wasn't it next year it was the next year I needed a new car mm -hmm. and we had enough you know money 
to uh, buy another car. Mm -hmm. And we didn't go into debt for that one. We bought that one with cash. Meanwhile, our credit is shoddy. But yeah. no one told us about that. No one told about that. Just, yes. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> so, but, and, but Same. Yeah. you can get back to that. But yeah, it was still permeating. It's just like, we're not seeing our upline a lot. We're just zooming in. And, you know, the the buildup. And mind you, I don't think we talked about it, but all throughout this time still, Danny, I was actually getting like, friends of mine, colleagues reaching out to me like, hey, Michael, we're doing this play. We're doing this show. We'd love for you to be part of it. Mm -hmm. You don't need to audition. Like, Because he's amazing. Oh, you're, <laughs> you're amazing. But I would have friends reach out to me and say like, hey, you know, let's do this show. You know, let's do the show. And it was still like getting paid. Like we were still getting money to, you know, to do the shows. Yeah. And I'd say no. You know, thinking of like, I'm committed to the business. I committed to this. So I turned down like all these other great shows, these great opportunities, just so I could stay committed to the business. And so, and this was still happening, especially with the pandemic. Yeah. And then, yeah. Well, also during the pandemic, Amway had this incentive type of thing where, you know, make up a commercial for your favorite Amway product. And oh, yeah. and during the pandemic, pandemic, Amway had this incentive, like make a commercial with your favorite Amway product. Mm -hmm. And Michael was all over it. Like we borrowed his dad's camera and was like, okay, in this scene, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, you obviously miss acting. <laughs> like it's been, uh, it was, it's been a little almost almost six years since he like acted on stage at this point. Wow. Um, and, and yeah, and he was like directing me how to do this with the camera. Yeah. Cause you didn't want to be on camera. So I did not like, want to okay. be on camera. Um, so, so then we did like two scenarios with two different products and, and we like submitted them. And when he, you know, he spent time, you know, editing them and everything. And he was so excited um, and I want to like shake him, like, don't you see this? Like, <laughs> don't you realize what's really getting you excited is acting, <laughs> mm -hmm. directing, <laughs> editing, working in film. Yeah. And honestly, it was then around that time where uh, you were able to come to me and confess that you actually wanted to start a YouTube channel. Yes, because obviously pandemic, I think YouTube's numbers shot up more than ever. Of course. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Nothing else to do. Nothing else to do. So and streaming services. So like we I, I immediately knew it's like that's when and it was actually starting to waver a little bit because my sister got married in Portland. February of 2020. February of 2020 mm -hmm. and Groundhog Day, actually. And um, uh, we didn't tell our upline because like. Mm -hmm damn it, I don't want to miss my sister's wedding. Yeah. You know, and it's only going to be for like two days. So we, you know, we had money in the bank. We were like able to, you know, do whatever. Because I was like- We were able to stay at our, our friend's place because they were actually out of town. Mm -hmm. So we didn't spend any money on hotels. Nope. Yep. You know, and it was like, of course, it's his sister. It's my sister. Like, and it get, and especially, she already lives out of state anyway. Yeah. And also like, this is the fact, you know, after years of being in the business- we knew if we told them the truth, what they would say. Yeah. Because before we didn't go to one of my friend's weddings from high school, mm -hmm. which was going to be in Vegas because it was a yeah. as a function. And there was another wedding too. Another friend were getting married at Disneyland yep. that we didn't go to yep. because same thing. Yep. And 
meanwhile, you could theoretically just go to another function. Mm -hmm. Like, because all throughout, like, say, September and October, they have these functions everywhere, right. every single weekend. Mm -hmm. So just because you miss yours doesn't mean you can't go to any other one. But then again, it's like some people didn't have enough money to, like, drive or even fly to another city to go to that function, you know? Right. So they would go to the one that's closest to them that might not have been mm -hmm. the direct upline of, of them, mm -hmm. but they went to the one that's closer to them because it fit their budget. Yeah. But heaven forbid, you know, we should actually see a friend, a friend's wedding that we've known for like a decade. And it, it was, so we, we knew what to tell them and what not to tell them at this point. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah. because, like we have free will. <laughs> yeah. No one's the boss over us. Mm -hmm. And so right. In the beginning of 2020, but yeah. So then, once things started to reopen, you were saying how you wanted to start a YouTube channel. I wanted to start a YouTube channel just because, like, I've been watching enough YouTube videos to be like, you know, this person, you know, they get to talk about all this type of stuff. And I'm a huge movie buff anyway, mm -hmm. so I've been ever since I was a kid. And anytime we get to talk about movies, I'm just all, you know, all about it. Mm -hmm. And I just thought like. Well, maybe can that just be one thing where I can start out this YouTube challenge, just do this on the side. But of course, I can't be one foot in and one foot out. Blah, blah, blah. So I was having yeah. this with myself. But then I just thought to myself and getting reassurance from Michelle that like, no, honey, you need, you know, to do this. Like you need you something need this outlet. in his outlet. And there were some times where even uh, Mark would like ease up a little bit on me just like a tad of just like you know Michael you need you need to give yourself some time to like you know really you know relax reassess now the loophole in that re relax and reassess is just like read a book you know <laughs> you know listen to an audio and also I think it was also out of fear of losing us yes because yeah. you could tell we're like we've been pounding the pavement for six years and we are a thousand PV and, you know, like we're not getting traction yeah. and they know that, you know, after five years, if there's no result or not much of a result to keep people, mm -hmm. it's disheartening and people will leave. Mm -hmm. And yeah. here's, a, and here's another thing too. Remember towards that end, we were at, our names were actually getting recognized finally yeah, somewhat by the diamonds. By the diamonds. Because at this juncture, they were starting to, at the end of 2019, actually, is when they transferred the focus instead of the people business, as they've always done, transferred over to the products. We need to start talking about the products. We need to start, like, because you know, Amway had an issue with not focusing on the products, that it's all yep. about business. You know that they have a beef with them about that. So that's why at that kickoff in 2019, they were talking about, like, increased numbers with customer volume like we want to be known that yes we don't want to just talk about you know helping people but we also want to understand like now we have these amazing products yeah now we do oh now we have these amazing products that we focus <laughs> yeah on. after all this time yeah so i just thought like okay screw it you know fine if i can't grow my business within people i you know then let me try to redirect my focus and customers with customers and amazingly enough like our business was actually starting to like progress because before, yeah, we would like, you know, finagle some things within customer volume because that's exactly what well, they would We had, say. you know, we fortunately had like my mom and his dad. We had our parents that were supportive. Yeah, yeah. we're supportive and they would 
sometimes order more than we knew that they were actually using because yeah. they felt sorry for us. <laughs> so we're um, but then like through coworkers and stuff, we got some more mm -hmm. um, PV point value. Yeah. Cause then I started making like gift baskets and it was Christmas time. So I was starting to make like little gift baskets for everybody to try stuff. And I would talk to them about all this stuff. Like, you know, and I worked in my day job was in sales. So I tried to use all those, you know, you know, tactic mentality and structure and how to be able to like, you know, service somebody, what do they need, fill that need, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And it actually started to grow in customer volume. Like we were able to actually like get 300 PV in customer volume alone. Minimum. Minimum mm -hmm. on top of our own like intake of 300 PV. So like mm -hmm. our day one ditto would sometimes be like 500, 600 PV. Mm -hmm. And that's and, awesome. Like, $1,700 $1, a month. But of course that would, you know, the difference would come from, you know, the profit that we would make from and you know, from the customer itself. And so we actually started to grow in that regard. And there came a huge contest going into family reunion. If you can sustain like having uh, a huge standard of excellence of customer PV. And if you won the contest, you would win $500 grand prize. Uh, and we would announce your name during family reunion. And so I worked my butt off trying to earn it. And what was amazing, uh, family reunion, and it was 2020 during Zoom, the, the diamond who talks really fast, his wife announced the winners and we won the grand prize. We won Yay. the grand prize. And I was just like, holy snaps. Oh my God. And then never got that money. What? Never got that grand prize money. What the heck? That's yep. jank. I hate that for you guys. The <laughs> least they could have done was given you $500. Lord knows that you put more money in their pocket than yes. this measly $500. They claim that they're millionaires. That's sad. Yeah. And yeah. this was kind of your last real experiences with the business. Yep. Yeah. That was one of the biggest, that was one of the final things. And of course, Michelle would reach out to our uplands like, um, is there any update about that? Because <laughs> yeah, I reached up once because it's also you're in a position of you don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Someone that they owe you money. Them. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. like, it's such an awkward position to be in, first of all, with anyone, but also for someone who's lower to remind someone who's higher mm -hmm. that like, hey, where's my $500? I asked about it one time you know oh, okay like we'll we'll look into it basically and then i d i felt like i couldn't ask again right you know could i have been annoying and bothering sure but yeah. also that's not me <laughs> like right. i can't do that could we have hired the sopranos to yeah. like you know knock down a door or two sure but yeah we felt so and bad we, we already spent the money on things that we needed right you know and so it was like oh we have this money so now we can actually get like a um a cabinet for the garage and like this really nice chair that I wanted for our living room because at that time we had a hand-me-down couch that was like nine years old and had stains on it we were so bare minimum you know and it was like finally something nice and like <laughs> and I'm like this is the start of something new and no and then so that was the fall of 2020 or summer 2020 the mm -hmm. fall of 2020 you started a YouTube channel and he was actually more open and honest with me about yeah. But then later on, we took another impromptu, like little trip to Flagstaff, didn't tell our upline just mm -hmm. because like, you know what, screw it. We need like a weekend, mm -hmm. like a weekend with each other, just out of state, just go on vacation. We missed out on so many other things. Yeah. It's like, you know, we earned this. We got tired of this. And then by the time. 
Can I just say, yeah. so after that was um, October, 2021. So it took, you know, another year of, you know, getting back in, in a uh, person mm-hmm. and, you know, things weren't, just weren't the same. Nope. And I think, yeah. we fell, of course, but again, we can't talk about anything. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. then we went to our trip in October and then afterwards, you know, we were opening up more and more with each other this past year mm-hmm. um, between 2020 and 2021. And at that time, uh, Mark and I built like a council to where like I've qualified for like countless 90 day core runs. So it's basically like a check in type of thing. It's like, hey, I did my I did my thing. It, you know, everything is all cool. Everything's fine. You know, and so like I felt not as much guilt anymore as far as like I've been, you know, dude, I've been committed for so long. Yeah. You should have like there should be no issues, etc. Yeah. And, you know, by the time that we went to like the 90 day Corona incentive around Christmas time and by like the 70th time that we get gifts from them that they got for free at the Achievers yeah. trips, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, we get pens with Amway on it, magnets, with magnets Amway on it, koozies with Amway yeah, on it. Yeah. And maybe like a notepad and a notepad. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Wow. And like store bought, you know, Kroger treats yay yeah that's it right that's wow that's a lot so you guys go to Flagstaff and at this time like are you guys like kind of talking to each other like at about what time are you guys like on the same page you're both like you know what we need to just be done and and what does that look like you know you guys deciding you're going to be done and how did you guys tell your offline that you were done Oh, yeah. So between Flagstaff and telling our upline, which was in late December, um, we also watched a movie, Tick, Tick, Boom, which if you haven't watched it, it's amazing. It's Fantastic. based on a true story of this composer, the composer of Rent. Jonathan be- Mark Larson. Before uh, Rent was big, you know, he was a struggling artist in New York um, in the 90s. And the movie's about the pivotal moment of when he turns 30. And like, he hasn't succeeded yet as an artist. And we watched this together. You know, I, I teared up a little bit, but I, uh, disclaimer, I, it takes me a lot to cry. And mm-hmm. I'm, I've, I feel very bad about that in front of Michael, who's very sweet and has a tender heart. She is a woman of steel. <laughs> yeah. Can't break me. Um, yep. and, and, you know, we were watching this and if I can say, you know, Michael breaks down, I'm like, you know, let's, let's talk it through. And it, you know, it kind of like all comes out of you know, what it means to be here on this earth and what we should be doing with our lives. And, mm-hmm. you know, we're artists, like yeah. we, we need that. And if you want to expand. Yeah. Never. I felt like, so ass- like a short of myself that the performing arts is where I should be mm-hmm. because yeah. you're in the context of that story. You know, he was an artist who at one point during like act two um, has such a huge conflict with himself it was just like you know I'm broke I live in New York City like I I can't yeah I need I need money I need a consistency I need stability like I want yeah and his best friend is telling him like you don't it's not you it's not you like you need and not in a bad way like you are much better than what you think you are you know of what you're accomplishing and it's so true where you know, when he took that advice, he carried on and he wrote one of the greatest musicals of all time. Yeah. And and then wow. unfortunately, he died before he was able to see the fruits of his labor. Yeah. But wow. uh, died young. 
but uh, but because he was able to be assured that this is something that you he felt he do. needed to do, and he felt so much within his heart as an artist that you know you wouldn't have it any any other way. It's just like you fit such like such a glove, and it right. just became like one of those things where it's just I I can't I can't live without it. Yeah, like we can't go yeah. on. So like we like we have to go back to who we actually are. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, like I said earlier, being on the outside, seeing Michael's struggle of trying to fit in. And, you know, it's always like, you know, he's a square peg trying to fit into a round hole. Mm -hmm. And all these guys are conforming and he was trying to conform with them too. And how come others can, but he can't. And I'm like, I kept, you know, trying to tell him like, that's not you. That's not who you are you know, like you're different than that. And that's okay to be different than that. And yeah. where it finally click um, and for like the light bulb to go off. And it's like, I felt like I had him back and we got into the business of, in 2014. And this was November of 2021 where we're like, all right, let's really talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, like where, where do we actually want to be? Mm -hmm. We're in our thirties now. Mm -hmm what is our life going to look like? And I know we didn't always want to stay in Vegas. Vegas is a very small theater community. And uh, Michael has done almost everything in Vegas when it comes to and, theater. And theater is, is dying when it comes to like professional theater, like on the yeah. strip, it it's dying. <laughs> it practically right. already died. So there really so, wasn't enough there. Yeah. So like we, we felt like, okay, if we're doing this, we have to move. Like we have to get yeah. out of here. And if that's the case, are we going to do the business out, like out of state? And we really spent that month between November and December talking to each other. We still went to board plans. Um, excuse me. I didn't go to like any live function in like November or December. On one hand, I technically was always sick because I was always around kids. Always around kids. Yeah. So, I mean, technically I was, I just didn't want to get anyone else sick. So I was being nice. I mean, um, fair. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, we set up, usually we have um, a yearly council session with our upline. Yeah. So we set up that time for after Christmas, but before New Year's. Mm -hmm. And it was at their house. Yep. And, you know, we we were very nervous on our drive there. You know, we've talked about this a few times about, okay, like, how should we present this? And how should we tell them? You know, and we really were like, these are people we've known since college. Right. You know, like whatever has happened, you know, they've, they've wanted the best for us. So hopefully they still want the best for us. Mm -hmm. And if that means leaving the business, we hope, you know, there's no big reaction. We don't know. Right. But, but, but in a natural Michelle move, she said, you do it. <laughs> Confrontation. <laughs> yeah. Like Michael, you do it. But, but and, no, it's kidding. But we, we, but we sat down with them at their house met with them and this was like their third house that they moved into that they're renting yeah and then uh we yeah. sat down with them and way we displayed it is like we you know chit chatted and like okay so we have some news we, we need to talk to you guys about and you could see like the light in their eyes because they've like been awaiting for us uh, for us to tell them that she's pregnant like they Literally. were it's almost weird. every council session they're like is there something Baby? you have to tell us Baby, I'm like I ate a burrito, dude. Like, what are you talking about? Literally, is there, is there a baby? that is weird. Yeah, 
and super rude and super rude yeah and we're like oh no not no no not yet not yet no we're quitting yeah (laughs) (laughs) he said michael said it so well and you know like we we were there for about an hour felt shorter than that well maybe like 45 minutes but but yeah like the way you presented to it you know like we were open about it but we know we we kept some things to ourselves of course we weren't like screwing business we were we were just saying how you know we really took this time to think about where where we want our future to go and what we want to be doing in our lives and you know michael said he wanted to get back into acting and mm-hmm. yeah i want to get back i've dedicated my life uh, about seven years seven and a half years to this thing and yeah we've had some results but it's been more of a challenge more of a struggle i know they say like that's what builds the man that's what builds character but I've already built so much character all throughout this time and that and character has always just been like beating me down this whole time. And especially this pandemic has taught me that we I need to go back to what my childhood dream always was. People say always dreams change as you mature and get older. You know, uh, you become a man when you put away childish things. And and I knew my upline always looked at me being an actor as being a childish thing, Mm -hmm. you know. Like you get out, I'm just like, dude, like I never played with video games. Like I stopped playing video games was when I started high school because I was always so busy with the arts. Mm -hmm. It's not, it's not something to where like I get cast as Romeo in a high school production in Romeo and Juliet. And, you know, it's like, oh, that was, that was my flame of thing. It's like, no, I studied, I studied this thing. I studied It's not a hobby. It's not a hobby. It was things that I actually got paid to do and that I'm doing some more than others, obviously, but that just goes within the territory. And I felt like, you know, yes, things were hard, especially when I was professional, professional actor, but I, I believe I framed it in a way where it was just like, but at least you guys were able to help us, you know, mature and get better, <laughs> with our, get better with ourselves so that we can get back to where we were and, you yeah. know, achieve yeah. what we really want to do. So, so diplomatic, so diplomatic. I love it. Is that, did you pull out your acting for that one? Did you, were you I, like, you did? And there were a few things. Our upline, uh, Mark did say, I noticed a change in you in November. Because you weren't communicating as much. You mm-hmm. know? And meanwhile, I, I wanted to say, but I didn't say it. I'm like, only November? <laughs> really? <laughs> it's been a while. But, um, and then also a crazy thing that they said, wait, I think it's a little crazy, but I know why they were doing it to kind of keep us like within their system. But they said, okay, well, oh, yeah. we were saying like, you know, we want to move, we want to move to New York. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, where, where the jobs are. Like Michael already tried LA. It's a totally different scene, mm-hmm. not our jam. So we're going to try New York and I have relatives here. Yes. And also one, one little thing before that. I only said we came to the agreement that we will officially quit if like I get a professional acting job. Let me yes. start auditioning. And I started auditioning in November of 2021. Mm-hmm. So like, let me start auditioning. It's like, okay, if I can get like a job, like a professional job, then equity, that equity, please. whatever, like that's a sign then like I'm good to get back into it. Yeah. And not only did I get one job, I got like three in a row yeah. lined up. Wow. Like that next year, 2022 was already like busy from like January to May. Yeah. So I was just like, done deal. Yeah. Let's go. And so um, Mark was saying, okay, well, when you guys move out, you know, when you guys move and everything, you know, if you happen to meet people who are, you know, you share your story maybe, and they're like, oh, I wonder what that is. 
you can just like, you know, send them our way and we'll build your downline for you. And so, you know, that was just a way to keep us roped in, to yeah. keep something attached to us of like, oh, well, we'll build it for you. But of course that means, and we'll have to come back, right? you know? And, you know, Michael was very much like, oh, thank you so much. <laughs> you That's know? great. Thank you. We'll consider that. But yeah, and of yeah. course, Stacey asked me like, well, Michael, that's what you want to do. And, you know, Michelle, what about you? Like, do you want to build this business single? Cause you can still do that. And I'm like, oh, I want to support my husband. And she's like, you can still support him building this. Like, like I want to support him out, like without the business or like outside the business or something. Cause I was like, how do I not say no directly? Like, again, like without causing a riff or a confrontation. Right. Cause like, I didn't want to be a jerk and be like, no, absolutely not. I hate it. I've always hated it. I just wanted to be like, well, no, I just want to be there to support him. And I just, I didn't want to elaborate like, well, if he has a show or if he's traveling, I want to be able to visit him and see him. And of course I can't do that if I'm still in the business. So yeah, ended on good terms, but man, when we walked out of their house, and like it was like the few days before New Year's. Yeah. It was just it was like freedom. The heavens have opened. Like they chant all the time, freedom. <laughs> That's exactly how we felt. Like the way Yeah. Yeah. I'm and, so happy for you guys. Like yeah. you guys leaving that business. You guys, I mean, I can already just tell you guys are full of life. And I think it's amazing that both of you guys can do what you actually want to do now in life and mm-hmm. so now you guys are in new york which is, is pretty cool and so um michael you're still acting right and that's what you're doing in new york and yeah. michelle are you still teaching yes i'm still teaching and i'm also writing mm-hmm. um writing a fiction novel and uh that's being edited so we'll see where that goes oh yes beautiful it's beautifully coming together yeah and we've been busy you know staying busy on track with uh, doing everything we enjoy doing which obviously every single industry no matter what comes with its stresses but Mm -hmm. it's the different kind of stress where it fuels us Mm -hmm. it's the kind of stress that we just lean into that we enjoy so much because it's just what we're you know what we grew passionate passionate about you know like we can actually talk to each other and share Mm -hmm. things with each other and you know be open and quirky and weird again and Mm -hmm. you know like before when we would go out in public um you know basically just to prospect even though we were supposed to be you know out on a date enjoying each other we were really prospecting Mm -hmm. and you know like I couldn't be myself and I couldn't be openly and bubbly and loud and you know like weird and stuff but now like well, we're in New York, so you could be weird and no one will bad. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> but but also I'll tell you what's weird, Danny, is that when we get together with like new friends, like new couples that we meet out here in New York, it was so weird, like to sit down like over dinner or something and just get to know each other without having in the back of our mind, like having to think about, so are you an outcome focused person or a process focused person? <laughs> yeah. What do you right. see yourself in five years, you know? And it's like, yeah. uh, it's still good to meet at like 6.30 p.m., Yeah, you know, because I'm a man, because we are per- people of accountability. <laughs> like what we yeah, say, oh, yeah. uh, like, Jesus Christ, so get out of my head. We yeah. we met up with a couple uh, months ago uh, for dinner 
And before that, I think it was before that. Yeah. Michael texted me being like, all right, did you bring the book? <laughs> like, did you bring the business of the 21st century book or like, what? Who moved my team? <laughs> like, That's shut funny. Up. Like, you know, don't bring that back. It's crazy, isn't it though? Like even when we're scheduling these people, like I'm always like, yeah, it's like a meet and greet one, except for we're talking, we're, we're not trying to get you into something, you know, but it is funny. Cause you're right. Whenever I talk, even when I talk to people at the grocery store, I kind of have that same thing. Like I don't have to be, if I ask them like, oh, you know, then they say they're in college. If they ask, if I say, oh, what are you doing in college? It's a genuine curiosity. It's not because I have this ulterior motive. It's stops there. If they're yeah. in school for like, you know, business. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like I, and then, you know, continue the conversation. I go on my way. I'm still a talkative person. I'm very outgoing. I'll talk to everybody, but the way that this business just made you into this like robotic person. And now that you guys are out, you're thriving. I am just so excited for you guys. And I've taken up so much of your time already. It's no, been a hot no, minute. We love this so much. <laughs> yeah, we apologize if we've taken so much of your time. I know like a lot of the questions were almost extremely long-winded. They were no. long tornadoes almost. <laughs> you know, like, That's it's okay. So crazy. Of course, we could talk even more in detail. Oh, yeah. Um. So it's just, it's so wild. Just all the things that even to each other, yeah. we'll randomly be like, oh my God, do you remember that time? Well, I'm really grateful that you guys came on and shared your story um, and have had a willingness to, you know, be vulnerable and speak about some things that are pretty tough. So thank you so much for that. Um, do you guys have any last words for our listeners? Well, is, well, one thing is we can't thank you enough, mm -hmm. Danny, so much for starting this platform, mm -hmm. for giving people a voice and giving people you know, a chance to be able to one, share their story, share what they've been through, but let off all the steam and, you know, let off, let out all the trauma that they've gone through and be able yeah. to process and to build upon that and to, and to find a community in that. And yeah, to find such a safe and happy community of people that have gone through such, even some people that have gone through worse things than oh, we, even, we know about. even know about and be able yeah. to share that here and um to unite all of us and know that we're, we know we're not all alone in that yeah we've all encountered and how we can grow upon that like seriously so thankful for that yeah it's amazing and definitely you know if you're questioning things or if you feel in your gut you know there's a reason why you you feel it and why you question it and um kind of going back to how I was told to kind of just like you know just let a guy do his thing you know seek out actual professional help you know, there's, yeah. there's none of the upline that is qualified to actually give you any marital advice or any relationship advice or any physical advice for your own body, you know, actually see doctors and see counselors if you really need to. And there's no shame in that you're just seeking answers and that's yep. okay. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, thank you guys. I do it for you guys. I do it for everybody else. You know, I, I never get used to people saying thank you to me. So thank you guys for your kind words. I just am so grateful that we have built up this community because I feel like, and I always say this too, like you honestly, most of your guys' biggest supporters are going to be other worldwide dream builders who have left or other people who were in Amway, these motivational tools businesses, because we're all motivated people, but we all know what it's like to have phony support. So we are all here to offer that support. And if you're out there listening and you feel, you know, like you have a story or um, you feel like you're alone, hey, reach out. 
you know, you guys can be just like Michael and Michelle. You guys can come on anonymously if you want to. You can share as much or as little as you want. Just DM me on Instagram at xsnt.podcast. You guys can find me on TikTok as well at xsnt.podcast and everywhere where podcasts are heard. And uh, we'll catch everybody on the next episode. Thank, Thank you. you.